I'm David Farrier, a New Zealander accidentally marooned in America, and I want to figure out what makes this country tick. One thing I've noticed since being here in America is that Americans love to tap out of reality a little bit, whether that means tapping into someone else's reality by watching beautiful people on TV. Listen, everyone has their own truth of how they think something happened. Or running off for a day at Disneyland with its perfectly curated surroundings that make you forget about the harsh realities of real life. Now, as I learned in the Epcot episode, Walt Disney had originally planned for that amusement park to be a real community, more Truman Show than theme park. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> but there's one place in America that really did decide to go full Truman Show. Not with the cameras, but with the idea of this perfectly curated world where nothing can go wrong where the flowers are always fresh, and citizens live in perfect harmony. A little slice of paradise Sunshine and golf galore Where neighbors stroll the old town square And the good life is in store That was an old ad for The Villages, America's largest retirement community. And it really is large. Found about an hour's drive northwest of Orlando, the Villages is home to over 100,000 people over the age of 55 and is spread out over about 32 square miles, an area bigger than Manhattan. It's so big, it gets its own designation on the census. There are golf courses, pickleball courts, grocery stores, banks, and a roading system just for golf carts. And with a population with a median age of 67, there's an ongoing rumor that it's the STI capital of the United States. So, grab your mobility scooter, bingo board, and false teeth, because this is the Villagers episode. Flatless, flatless, flatless bird touchdown in America. I'm a flatless bird touchdown in America. Listening back to that intro, Monica, my voice, I think, can sometimes be quite kind of flat. Oh. The Villages is fucking incredible. It's so big. I can't. When you said the Manhattan thing, that really put things into perspective. There are between 120 and 130,000 old people all living together in this area that continues to spread. It was meant to start at a certain size and stay that size, but the old people keep coming. And this place, if it keeps growing, it's going to take over Florida and then it's going to take over the entirety of the United States. And it's just going to be mobility scooters and false teeth everywhere. Okay. Is there a minimum age? And who's running this? Is there like... We're going to find out all these things. It's an empire. It is an empire. Is there people taking advantage? Look, I don't want to get sued. (laughs) There's always people taking advantage. It's very white. You would stick out like a sore thumb <gasps> there. Do you have to apply? Uh, you've got to apply. Driving in, you're driving along on the freeway and you pass one of these overpasses. It's just got the villages and oh giant letters and you cross through. And then you realize that you've already been driving through the villages for miles and miles and it's already all around you. It seems like a very weird thing to have to apply to be in a place that takes up 32 square miles like you yes. wouldn't ever apply to live in manhattan mostly it's an age thing you gotta have the right. money 
you've got to sign an agreement that your house is going to fit certain colors. You're not going to make it look crazy because it is like the Truman Show. It all has to look yeah. and feel a certain way. There's three major housing types in there, different size ranges <gasps> depending on your wealth. I'm surprised there isn't some sort of federal law that limits the amount of space that an application type of living it gets, space. It gets, this is weird. It, no, it is. The whole place is weird. Mm. And there's also huge debates about people about how big it should get, because some people signed up to this place 15 years ago and they didn't expect it to get as big. So yeah. they signed up for a tiny village and suddenly they're living in this Manhattan. place the size of Manhattan. And they're like, I didn't sign up for this shit. What's going on? Wow. Zooming out though, I don't really touch on this in the documentary, but the idea of getting old and mm. having to go to a, what do you call it in America? A retirement community, right? Yeah. We call it a rest home in New Zealand. Okay. You go there to rest and then die. Oh. What do you imagine getting old looks like for you? <sighs> or people around you, like the kind of people you're hanging out with. What do you imagine? Are you all living together? Are you married with children looking out for you by then? Are you, oh, my God. And are you at the villages, the only brown person there? No. What's it going to be? They're going to harass me <laughs> if I'm the only brown person there. Um, that would be a funny show, <laughs> seeing you to the villages. <laughs> it's being chased around town on scooters. Oh, wait. Mm. I wonder if this is a problematic question. Where I want to mm. circle back yeah. to yours, cause, but All that good. is deep. But if I mm. were dying, mm. like let's say I got a diagnosis tomorrow. Yeah, Monica. No, we don't need to role play. Okay. <laughs> I don't I need to role play my death. Okay. <laughs> my impending death. But yeah, if I got a diagnosis mm. tomorrow and they said, you have two years, uh-huh. and let's say I didn't have a family or friends mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. would I be able to go there even though I'm young? No. Oh. It's not around mortality. It is an age okay. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to be, I think it's over the age of 55 to go in. Wow. So it's not is... old, olds. Okay. But yeah, you can't go there. And they also have this incredible rule where your grandchildren can only visit you for like a certain number of days in no. the year. Because they don't want it to be this place that's just overrun by kids. This is where you go and have your best life when all your other shit's been dealt with. You've retired. You're in bliss without children running around. This, there's something that feels wrong about this, like very exclusionary. Weird. And there's nothing else in life that we say, yeah, it's fine for just this group. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It uh, is. Okay, back to your hard question. Mm-hmm. My grandfather is very old mm-hmm. right now and mm-hmm. he has dementia. And my mom and her sisters, they are in the thick of taking care of him. Mm. My mom is there every other day. And it has made all of us as a family mm. really stop and think about how we want to do this when it's, yeah, what it's our look turn. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My parents said, put us in a nice home. Just put right. us in a nice home. This is they don't not your responsibility. Burden. Yes. Yeah. And my dad said something really interesting. He was like, you're dealing with the stress of your older parents, but you yourself are getting old. Yeah. It's such a yeah. weird time to have to do this because you're also aging. Yeah. Yeah. And there's it's that weird um, kind of sad, but beautiful role reversal where suddenly they're the baby and you're the adult caring for them and it all Benjamin Button flips it on you. It does. It's a really strange place to be. It's sad. It's so mm. sad to see someone so capable and able Mm. Who And then my mom is changing his diapers. That's too much. 
I struggle with this a lot because like my parents are getting old as well yeah. and my brother is in New Zealand and he kind of keeps an eye on things which is amazing. But it's yeah, but my folks don't want help at all. They're probably a bit like your parents yeah. like no we don't want to be a burden on you. But then as children you're beginning to think oh no finally I can have I, I can help them for once in my life. Yeah. They've done so much so this is the time to help but if they don't want help that's tricky. But also if they fall down you have to you, no. you have to take them to the hospital. My like, dad's always climbing ladders. Oh, no. And just like, stop. We'll get someone else to do the guttering. Get off that ladder. Yes. Loves it. Always climbing. <gasps> the older he gets. When I was a kid, I was tunneling. Now my yeah. dad's climbing. <laughs> He's got to be up high. It's, no, I don't yeah. like that. I don't like it either. And also, you know, when you talk about with people getting older and at what age do you tell them they have to stop driving? And then this always oh. becomes a huge point of contention. Yeah, that totally. person definitely doesn't feel like they should have to stop driving. No. And that that's the whole freedom being taken away from them, right? Yes. When the car goes, that's the first step to freedom going. It's like the symbolic thing. And so they do dig their heels in. There's also this thing, I think, definitely speaking as a just from where I am in the world and being like a white male, we, we do ship people off to a retirement village or a rest home, right? Other cultures will be much more caring and there's as much impetus like, no, if you're a child, you absolutely move in with your parents and 100%. you care for them and that's just normal. And yes. that seems to me much more sane than what I would do, which is shipping people off to this rest home, which is where you end up with something like the villages, which is the ultimate rest home. So they've sort of flipped yeah. it and they're like, this retirement village is, is meant to be like paradise. Yeah. It's not this awful thing. It's the best place you can be. Uh, I mean, I'm with <laughs> you on, it feels inhumane to be like, you're old now here, go to this home. Oh, it's bonkers. But... My parents are Indian, so they have grown up in this exact paradigm where mm. you're required to. And now they're like, oh, no, like this isn't actually good for anyone's mental health, yeah, including the older yeah. person. Yeah. I listened to a TED talk. Jared Diamond. Oh, yeah. Um, we've had Jared on. Oh, he's amazing. But he looked at some different practices of dying around the world. Oh. And these were some top lines that I jotted down. In Siberia, there's a tribe there that practices voluntary death in which an old person requests to die at the hand of a close relative when they're no longer in good health. Some Norse tribes in Scandinavia follow similar practices where the elderly put themselves in an impossible situation like setting out on a solo sea voyage. What? Specifically go out knowing that they will die. No, I don't like which that. Which is incredible. That's scary. And in Paraguay... Although I don't think this is happening anymore, men would be left just to wander off and to die on the white man's road, which is what they called it, which no. I love, seeing the white man's road. <laughs> and shockingly, in a slightly more intense twist, they kill elderly women by breaking their necks. Of course they just let the men go like, you go off on this road <laughs> on and run. do your own thing, and then they're snapping the women's necks. Horrific. Yeah, still sexism even in death. Everywhere, yes. Um, and on the flip side, there's a Greek island where there are some residents on this Mediterranean island who are uh, four times more likely than their American counterparts to live to 90. Wow. So I want to go there. How do you want to die? Well, obviously you just want to, no, that's a dumb yeah, no, question. I wanna, no, I want to die in a funny but memorable way. I want something where the funeral is a good story to tell and a bit funny. <sighs> so like hit by a... 
cow that's flung out of a tornado or something. That probably means it's like too soon though. That's exactly, that's the problem. Okay. I want to be comical but 80. Yeah, I want to go out with a bang. 80 is young. Send me out at 80. No. I'm done. My bones are already sore now. I'm 40. I got sore back. Science is advancing though. There might be solutions for that. I'd like to live longer, but at the moment it just seems like 80. Listen, 80 is always the age, right? In my prayers Mm. that I made up, there was a line in it that said, everyone lives up to be 80 or older. That was like a line. Oh, that was your prayer. Yeah, it was in there. I kind of hodgepodged a prayer together and that (laughs) that was in there. There was also a line, no kidnappers and robbers. I was prescribing. Do you still pray it? Um, no, oh, I don't. It's a bit but, of a pause. But, well, I'm trying to think. 80 was the age. That felt old. Mm-hmm. But now. It's rushing my, up. Exactly. Yeah. That my dad is. Oh, fuck. What year was he born? <laughs> Forget his age. What year was he born? I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, my God. But I think he's 70 or something. He's old. But the idea of only having 10 more years that is yeah. unacceptable and not yeah. okay. Yeah. So I've raised it to 95. Oh, edit on another 15. <laughs> yeah. So I do need to maybe start my prayer back up. Well, that's the weird thing about nursing homes, though, is that it's the last 10 years and you want that time with your parents. Well, unless they're, they have dementia and stuff. Because yeah. then they aren't them. I'm happy to help until they're not them anymore and they don't want that. They don't want me to have to see them like that. Yeah, the dementia thing's scary. I've got a really good friend in New Zealand. I used to work with her father in a newsroom, and he has dementia. And going to visit him, like, it's really difficult because he doesn't remember you specifically. But the thing that I thought was about this person that was really incredible was there was still that inherent kindness in them. Like, they'd light up when you walked into a room, and they're just really happy to see you. Yeah. But it is so – that's the the hardest thing, right, when those facts all leave. Yeah. All right. Got a bit heavy there. The villages are a place of happiness and light and excitement. This place blew my mind, and it's probably one of my favorite places in America I've gone besides Disneyland. Did you have to have your show your passport to get in there? No, like, didn't have to show. <laughs> didn't have to show a passport. But it felt like you might need to at some point. There are a lot of gates that close up and down. Oh my god! And a lot of them, like some of them, you come across and they're broken because someone will have lost control of a scooter and just gone straight through the gate. Oh. So there's comedy to be found there as well. Okay. I can't tell you how many times I've watched this commercial for the villages leading up to this trip. I'd been excited to visit Disney World in Florida, but to me, the villages was the real theme park. A Westworld of the over 55s, a utopia of the elderly. They have 60 golf courses on this property. That's too many. Way too many. And how many pools? 70. Stopping for guests along the way, I wasn't the only one who was a fan. I bumped into this woman who was taking her mother, who lives in the villages, out for the day. It's basically just some say an adult amusement park. How many people live here? It's huge. About 160,000 and growing. In New Zealand, our retirement homes average around 70 residents. Here in Florida, it's a lot bigger. 160,000 is a bit of an exaggeration. It's closer to 130,000, but that's still a load of people. 
a lot of people up for adventure in their old age. We're actually swimming with manatees in the Gulf. <laughs> Big adventure today. This, is, this sounds very silly, but I don't even know what a manatee is. It's like a big, huge, grey mammal. Right. It swims in the salt water, but it comes up for air. And Are they friendly? They're friendly, yes. They won't attack? No, they won't attack. When I was planning this episode, I'd reached out to the villagers directly, explaining that I wanted to visit for Flightless Bird. I was met with complete radio silence, possibly because the villagers isn't hot on journalists, documentary crews, or podcasters right now. They probably still have some kind of heaven in mind. A documentary that came out three years ago and showed a somewhat darker underside to the place. Somebody found me out. I got in trouble with the law last night. You're charged with possession of cocaine. Who am I? Also, the villagers doesn't really need PR. For a period of about 10 years, they were the fastest growing metropolitan area in the US. And they're still expanding at an alarming rate. I talked to someone who'd done business with the villagers, and this is what they told me. The villagers manage their brand very tightly. They're extremely controlling over every aspect of the community, from who can visit, to what health insurance can be sold to its residents, to who can even say or type the villagers as it's a trademark name. I've also worked with Disney, and I'd say they are comparable in how challenging they can be to work with because of the tremendous level of control they want over everything. If you approach them officially, and they fear your peace may not put them in a good light, they will likely do everything they can to shut you down. With those words buzzing around in my head, I took another approach. I found someone who had a parent who'd retired to the villages, and they agreed to introduce me. Patrick is as fascinated by this place as I am, and seemed more than happy to give me a quick tour by car as we drove to his dad's place. There's some rumors that they had former Universal employees and Disney Imagineers kind of help them uh -huh. with the immersion of it. The first thing I notice about the villages is it's big. It just rolls on and on, street after street. And it all sort of looks the same. It really is the Truman Show. I also notice that all the flowers planted everywhere are almost too perfect. Patrick tells me they change out all the flowers depending on the season. As in, the flowers will be in perfect shape, and the village's groundkeepers will rip them out and put in new ones. In summer, the blooms are red, white, and blue. For the spring, it's typically bright blue, pink, and yellow. It's always the same pattern. I suppose somewhere there's a graveyard of pulled-out old flowers. As we drive around, I notice the villagers often opts for roundabouts over traffic lights. Get a lot of roundabouts. So oh, I mean, this is, I feel like I'm back in New Zealand. All we have in New Zealand is roundabouts. Oh, really? So okay. this is like New Zealand. I'm, I feel comfortable here. So, so I feel right at home. Now. After our 50th roundabout, we drive past a giant rocky wall. It goes on and on, and I'm told that's where the founders live, about four acres right in the middle of the villages. This community was founded by Harold Schwartz back in the 60s. It started out as a trailer park, and Harold put up a church in a town square for residents to gather at in the evenings. And then it got further developed, starting to snowball into what it is now. Ten houses turned into a hundred, a hundred turned into four hundred by 1980. Harold's son Gary took over when he died, and then it really bloomed. By the 90s, there were 8,000 houses, and Gary was a billionaire. When Gary died, his three kids took over, and they're now the CEO, the CFO, and the chief engineer here. One of their kids, Megan Boone, is a lead actor on The Blacklist. I asked him not to say anything. It's not his fault. It's mine. 
No, it's mine. Patrick tells me when his dad moved in here, he thought the villages would stop growing, but it hasn't. They kind of were mm. told that, okay, you know, we have this area, it's going to be this finite area, and then that's going to be it. Mm. And this is going to be the villages. Mm. And I don't know if you came in through the turnpike, but they are expanding this massively. Some think this place could still double in size. There's also a sort of figurative village around the villages, an infrastructure that supports all the staff that work here to keep the 130,000 residents happy in old age. So there are a lot of draw cards to get staff to move here to this alternate reality. For instance, Pat points to a school we pass and tells me it's a charter school, a really good school one of your kids gets access to if you work at the villages. He knew mm. with 150,000 people, you got to have enough people to come work and you got to have a draw for them and that's their draw. So I had never heard of a charter that was based on where you work and not where you live. So it has nothing to do with where you live. As for kids visiting their grandparents, there's a rule around that. Grandchildren can only spend a total of 30 days a year in the villages. The villages is meant to be a utopia, and screaming grandkids do not make a utopia. We pull off into a driveway. We've arrived at Pat's dad's place. There are three types of homes here at the villages, and Frank's is one of the bigger types. How long have you been here now? We have been here about... 11 years. How old are you? I'm 71. I think the average age now in the villages is somewhere around 68 or 69. So I'm pretty typical. Lived up north, came here, retired. Frank has a big smile and is wearing a light blue golf shirt and cap. I look around his home and it's really nice. There's a giant kitchen, a barbecue outside. And I can tell I'm in Florida because there are Disney collectibles on the shelf. Frank's wife is out today, so Frank has agreed to take over as my tour guide. So you get snowbirds that are people that come down and spend the winter, mm-hmm. and then uh, they call people like us uh, frogs, and they call us frogs because they said, we're here till you croak. Frank tells me that between now and croaking, he plans to keep busy. That's why he came to America's biggest retirement village. There's a reason they call it The Villages. There are over 3,000 organizations, we call them clubs, inside the villages. So if you are interested in woodworking or quilting or if you want to collect uh, oval post stamps or just anything, there's uh, something to do. And that's kind of the part that I think draws people here is, is wherever you want to be at in your retirement, you can be that here. You can, If you want to golf five times a week, you can golf five times a week. He says he's mainly here for the golf courses. Right now, I think there's 38 or something like that. There's over 700 holes of golf, and there are... Have you played most of them? I have played all of them. Technically, I realize you never need to leave the villages, ever. It's all here. If you want, you can shut the rest of the world out completely. There's probably 120 places in the villages that I can go eat by golf cart. Now, that'll range everywhere from a, yeah. you know ice cream shop to a steak restaurant yeah. and a country club or whatever. Well, there's two Walmarts and a Sam's here. How many towns that are 100,000 people got all three of those? Frank gets out a newspaper, the Daily Sun. It's the official newspaper of the villages. It's like every other newspaper. News is about, you know, a half a day late yeah. because it's not online. Yeah. But it is, the, I think, the only 
paper paper mm. in the country that had a 16% increase in circulation from last year. Journalism isn't dead. I flick through, there's a lot of local news and photos from some recent villages events. There are a lot of ads for new villages houses and a lot of ads for golf carts. I notice it's mostly good news, which is what you want in a utopia. But there's a rogue publication that reports on the bad news here. No one knows who runs it, but it's online only at villages-news.com. I go and read some recent headlines, and it's a bit like TMZ for the elderly. Overcrowding at the golf course. Passenger arrested with marijuana. Pedestrian struck and killed. Golf cart rolls into pond. Villager to lose their license after crashing into a pole on a roundabout. Frank emerges. He ducked off to make me a 1pm drink. It's, his, uh, it's a vodka gimlet. It is two shots of vodka, some lime juice, mm-hmm. and some sweetener. Oh. And uh, it has olives in it. And if you don't like olives, save them. I'll oh. eat them. Gimlet fixed. Frank wants to give me a tour of his corner of the villages in his golf cart. One of an estimated 60,000 golf carts here. I ask him if he's a good driver. He says yes, he is. Stay tuned for more Flightless Bird. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, I don't know about you, Monica, Mm -hmm. but most weeks my energy goes into the show and writing my newsletter and thinking about other people. Never think about myself. Uh Uh-huh. Not because I'm selfless. It's just because my brain is full of other junk. Sure, sure. And I hear a rumor. People tell me that sometimes taking time for yourself is important. It sure is. Have you heard this? I've heard it. I've heard it. (laughs) And you know the best way to do that? Therapy. Yeah. It's something that as a New Zealander, it's taken me a while to wrap my head around. In New Zealand, there's this idea that you shouldn't talk about your feelings. Yeah. But we absolutely should. And a good way to do that is better help. And I think that's also a little bit of a false narrative. It's not just talking about your feelings. And I think that's sometimes why that's people are why people against get put off. it. Yeah. It's not. It's talking things out out. It's not necessarily like, I'm sad today. It's if you're going through a problem, which we all are Mm. at all times or conflict or trying to resolve something, it's just very helpful to do it with another person. And you can't do it with the person you're in conflict with. No, I hear that's not the best way to do it. It's not generally (laughs) Yeah, Having like an outside neutral force is a really good thing. With BetterHelp, it's entirely online, so you don't have to go into a little waiting room and like drive there and all that stuff. It's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and if for any reason you don't like them, you can just switch to another one for no additional charge. So if you want to find more balance with BetterHelp, visit betterhelp.com slash bird today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bird. What do you think so far, Monica? Oh my god, I of this love place. You were slow you were perking up as you were listening to that. And by the time he was making me a little vodka gimlet, you were like, oh yeah. I'm I moving in. I love it there. Everyone there that I saw was having a really good time. They start drinking at one, they can do whatever they want. There's no responsibilities. Ice cream, steakhouses. Yeah. It's all contained. I mean, that's very much my personality. Yeah. 
I you just would like things like all on hand, right? I would love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you might be able to forge a path. But for... I can't because they don't let brown people in. I'm not yeah, allowed they, to say that. No, probably. they definitely do. It's something like the whiteness there is about 98%. It was a surreal thing, though, oh, to be surrounded my God, by I just thought this of something. entire world. So yeah. do they have buses and stuff to take all these people to the polls for the voting? Polls? No. So- Politicians come there. Republican politicians absolutely come there. Yeah. And there are absolutely booths set up there so you can vote in the villages. Oh, boy. Yeah. No, so it's a big Republican hotspot. Yeah. So nominees will go there That's and a lot give of that speech. And it's a lot of people. Yeah. And, and because they are motivated, they will vote. Yeah, so you sense. turn them and suddenly you've got 130,000 people happily voting. Make it easier for them to vote and harder for... Black people. Black people. I know. What are you doing in your old age, Rob? Do you have a plan? You've got kids. Are they going to be looking after you? I hope so. The yeah. idea of like being stranded in a retirement home but that's sounds kind of, kind of dark and depressing. That's why you have kids, right? So they can look after you. You're birthing little helpers for when you're too old to look after yourself. I think yeah. that's kind of an old school thought. I don't, Is it? Yeah. I mean... I think Rob's I mean, banking Calvin, on it. Calvin said he never wants to leave home, so. Okay. you, ha- you- <laughs> He has to live with us forever, so. <laughs> I'm going to let you keep thinking that's oh, that adorable that's really kid. cute. It's so yeah. cute. And um, then he said if he has to leave, he just wants to live in the house next door. It sounds like you've got it made, Rob. Yeah. I want all my friends mm-hmm. to build a commune. We all live yeah. there, and then we hire nurses and stuff yeah. to help us. I don't want to be a burden. Right. Like, a nurse sounds fine. Yeah. But being in like a home, my grandparents were in homes and yeah, you visit sad. them like once a week at most. Mm. Well, he was just saying like they call them frogs because you come there to croak. Oh. It's like, it's a joke. It's yeah. it's something that you have to become very aware of. But that guy was 60 when he moved in. That is so young. Yeah. He'd worked really hard his whole life. And yeah. I think when he came to hit retirement, he knew exactly what he wanted. He wanted to play golf. Right. He wanted to have a good time. And you meet people whose mentality is that. And you've yeah. got other people that can't imagine not working or creating or doing stuff. Right. That is true. Yeah. Interesting. But he's loving it. He's like, you know, I'm never going to work another day in my life. Are we going to get into how much it costs? It's actually the one thing I didn't get into. And really? no, while I play this next part of the doc, I'm going to Google it. I'm, I'm super so curious. curious. Because it's basically like... You buy the house yeah. outright, and then as you basically pay to be a part of the community. Right. I think you said it's something like ten thousand or something a year, and it gives you access to the clubs and the gym and the pool. And you and can everything. like eat for free. It's no, all inclusive. No, no, you pay for everything. Okay, let's skip. I want to you Google that, but I want to hear right. more about this paradise I'm moving into. Frank has decided to take me and his son out for a tour of the villages, up close and personal, in his golf cart. The three of us are looking at it now, and it's not any golf cart, it's fancy, a mini version of what looks like something my grandfather would have driven. Okay, so here we go. So this is a 5.8 replica of a 1934 Ford. Across the replica Ford's windscreen, a sticker, Trump Pence, keep America great. And I still have a Trump Pence (laughs) on my my thing, okay? Yeah, yeah. So... You can't find any more loving family than we have, really. Yeah. You really can't, okay? Yeah. But politically, we are different. Yeah. And so 
he almost won't ride in this cart <laughs> because he's got Trump bits on the road. I think this is the first time I've driven in a car emblazoned with a Trump sticker. A tiny car. I'm excited for this new American experience. We take off. We should have probably taken the other cart, but we can't take three in the other cart because this cart is... Uh, I have custom exhaust on it, so I make it, it makes it louder. What are the road rules in here? We've got our own lane. You have the same rules in this golf cart as you do in a car. And this is a golf cart lane. There's a whole roadway of cart paths in here. There's well over 100 miles of dedicated cart path. Other golf carts zoom by, and the surreal feeling of being in some kind of theme park comes back. We pass through a tunnel that's just for golf carts and Frank gives his horn a big toot. Are there any collisions between... Yes. We lose someone in a golf cart. I would say it averages once every year to two years. Regardless of whose fault it is, whenever a golf cart tangles with a car, the golf cart loses. As we zoom along, we pass a number of so-called rec centres. There's a rule here that for every certain number of houses, there has to be a rec center. It's like the ultimate game of SimCity or The Sims, keeping your residents happy. So this is a small rec center, has some amenities. Here's a horseshoe pit. There'll be a shuffleboard place in the back. They'll always have a pool. There are, I don't know how many swimming pools in the villages, but a lot. I'm, I'm going to tell you there's a hundred or more. There's a lot of these too. Oh, pickleball they over there. Have pickleball, some will have tennis. As I look around at residents wandering the streets, I do notice the population of the villages isn't particularly diverse. According to the last census, 98% of residents here are white. I'm another white face in a sea of white. We roll past a Publix, which I've heard Monica talk about a lot. Maybe she could retire here mix up the diversity a little bit. This could be the largest Publix in the state of Florida, I think. That's a big thing around Florida, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a huge grocery store and a really nice one. Eventually, we pull over at one of the massive rec centers, the Rohan Rec Center. The building is huge, the size of a hotel. Walking inside through these giant doors, it's one of the most ornate, ridiculous foyers I've been in. It feels a bit like the foyer in a Vegas hotel. Chandeliers hang from the roof, a roof that's painted a bit like the Sistine Chapel. But instead of scenes from the Old Testament, it's just scenes of old people. Some are playing lawn bowls, there's some fishing and some line dancing going on. Looking up at the painted heavens above me, I notice a number of American flags hanging around the room too. It is uh, oh one of the highest percentages in the state of Florida of people that do vote. <laughs> we all vote. <laughs> it is amazing. If there's an election, the Republican candidates will make their way here. All of them. I walk around the room and see a portrait of a man in an open neck shirt wearing a cowboy hat. It's Schwartz, the founder, and next to him, his sons. I wander into another room, and it's a wall of family photos from the archives, all smiling, all worth millions, billions. So, this is the family, and that would be Morris, and this would be Mr. Schwartz, okay? And that's the gal from Blacklist. I take more photos in this rec center than I did at Disney World. Then we leave, and our tour continues. I learn what bocce ball is. These are bocce ball courts. We can just walk straight across here. What? So this is... Fuck is bocce uh, ball. 
So I sort of know how bocce ball works. I haven't played a lot. From what I can tell, it's a bit like curling, but without the ice. We go into another giant rec center. This one is military themed. On the carpet, a giant seal proclaiming to those who served. Giant ornate stairs wrap up from the foyer to a second floor, which is completely cordoned off. At the top, a series of mannequins, all dressed in various military outfits, stare down at us. I mean, it's pretty intense, isn't it? Right. So can you describe what we're seeing right now? Well, this is a military-themed rec center, and so all the uh, artwork and all that sort of stuff will be uh, centered around some military either branch or battle or whatever. This is the most American room I've ever been in. I can see bulls, eagles, I can see every bit of the military. Right. So there's Eisenhower. He was the general in World War II. All of this should come as no surprise when you realize that outside of actual military bases, the villages has the largest veteran population in the entire United States. This rec center, full of meeting rooms and billiard tables and multiple rooms just for playing cards in, it's like a museum. There's military paraphernalia everywhere. I could stay here all day, but time is running out. Daylight's fading. We jump back into the replica 1934 Ford golf cart and take off. Driving past cars and golf carts, I notice a few loofers, those body scrubby things you have in the shower, attached to various aerials. According to someone I just talked to, certain loofers mean you're a swinger. The color of the loofer shows what kink you're into. I check if Frank has one on his golf cart. He doesn't. As to the room of the villages is the STI capital of America, well, from what I found out today, that's not quite true. The villages doesn't have the highest STI rate in the country, but it does have the highest rate per capita for adults 65 and over. That's because often people move here after the loss of a partner. Suddenly they're lonely, and they're horny, and they're in utopia. One thing leads to another, and due to their age, no one here is worried about pregnancy. Back in their youth, STIs weren't really even a thing, so they just don't think about it. And so STIs spread like wildfire here. As it draws close to 5 p.m., we head to one of the many town squares in the villages to finish our day. Town squares are what they sound like. A central square featuring live entertainment, surrounded by a network of restaurants, cafes and bars. I even see a little movie theatre, with a line of mostly females extending around the block. Oh, we're here to see 80 for Brady? Or 8 for Brady? 80 for Brady. That's big. Yeah, yeah, it's a new one. Yeah. What are you most excited about for this film? Is it no, Brady? Just the act. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. The actress. I don't believe you. <laughs> no. <laughs> How old are you? 80. Oh. Target demographic right there. <laughs> Walking away from the cinema, I meet back up with Frank. He wants to show me a band playing tonight in the town square. The thing about this is, that's so nice, is that this happens 365 nights a year at each of these squares. There's some kind of musical entertainment, almost all of it being live music. You can come down here and listen to music, you can come down and dance. It's happy hour at 5 p.m. And well, people come here to party. Every night of the year, old people get on the juice and they party. I'm gonna have a vodka gimlet again, only I'm gonna have it on the rocks and I'm gonna have it with, uh, top it off with club soda. Single or double? Uh, double. And, uh, no, just lots of it. That's all. All we need is lots of vodka. We don't need, we don't have to worry about the brand. 
And as the band starts, we drink and we talk and we yell. And I can see why people like this place. There's guys sitting up at the bar. They got martinis. They're bringing them two martinis at a time or whatever. There are a bunch of people line dancing in the square, including one old bird who's just off on her own, dancing to the beat of her own drum. It's time to call it a night. And I'm worried if I keep drinking, I'll come back with an STI. I thank Frank and his son Pat for letting me spend the day with them exploring America's biggest retirement community. Retiring here, it's like going back to college with a gold card. Anything that you possibly want to do here, you can go do it. If you want to go get in trouble, you can go do that. If you want to donate money to your church, you can, I mean, you can do any of that. So when you get to be 70, you take on the mentality of when you were 20 and you say, okay, maybe I shouldn't be climbing this ladder, but who cares? <laughs> I mean, I'm 70 years old, nobody, nobody cares. And people in general, dealer like me is, you can do whatever you want here. And as long as you're not bothering me, I don't really care, okay? So I've always said, you know, it's kind of the biggest don't give a darn place I've ever been at, and everybody gets along. So if you want to wear a pink shirt and walk down the street, I don't care. This is good news for me. I like pink shirts. I'd fit right in here. Because despite what I tell myself, I realize I'm no spring chicken. One day, I guess I'll have to think about where I go when I'm 80 if I'm still in America. I never really thought about it before. It's too scary. If you don't have kids, who's meant to look after you? Maybe the villagers will. Most of the people that live here are in the last third of their life. Nobody talks about it much, but that's where you are. But Frank seems pretty happy about all this. He's ready for where this all ends. Just not right now. Not while the music's still playing. I'm not afraid of dying. I just don't want to die today. And that band played on and on and on as the a band plays every night in various town squares around the villages. Oh my god, I loved this. Wait, so did you take a lover? I think that's what everyone wants to know. No, I didn't have any sex in the villages at all. Too many STIs. Way too many STIs. Risky. Crazy. Did you look it up? Yeah, so costings. So there are different tiers. You can get a tiny villa for $300,000, and then per month it's $1,000. Okay. And then right through to the designer series, which can go for over a million, and you're paying about 1300 a month. So the monthly fee is around $1,000, basically. And so you buy your home, and then for $1,000 you get to take part in all that other stuff. Right. But you pay for your meals. You know, we went out and ate in the town square, and it's just priced like any restaurant okay. in Florida. Do elderly people own the restaurants? Do they have their own businesses then within it? or No, they're all staffed by the external community that comes in to staff this place. And it's huge. I mean, as I say, there's a full hospital there. There's 200 pools. They're making cleaners. so much money. Oh, they are, I honestly. Mean. And as I say, they're still building and expanding. And I didn't get into it here, but the way they've set up the business, which is just way too complex for my brain, they're so smart in how they've done it. They are just getting so rich. Those founders yes. and they're, now their grandchildren the are just... girl. She's apparently distanced herself from the whole thing, oh, but they're man. very proud of her there. 
Yeah. They're always like, that's the girl from the, the blacklist. <laughs> Wait, um, why is she distanced herself? I, I wonder. think it's just an empire she doesn't want to be a part of. She's like, she's an actor, you know, she's not this village empire. Right. And I mean, they live, that commune is sort of in the middle, this big walled off home that they live in. It's this estate yeah. that this family has lived in for generations within a retirement community. It's yeah. a wacky place to live. On an episode of Armchair, mm. we had... Huey, Houston mm. Estes, one of Dax's friends mm. on, he lives in Nashville. Mm. He's quite a character. Mm. And we got into country clubs. Right. That'd be a great episode, by the way. That's a whole thing. Yes. We got into country clubs. I'm against country clubs. Mm. Is that where Larry David goes in Kirby Enthusiasm with his friends all the time? Yeah. That's a country club, right? In the South, mm. country clubs are a thing. Okay. Oh, I want And you belong to clubs and you have to, you have to get into them right. and it's a whole exclusive. It's very exclusive and it's mm. racial to me, I believe. And we got into that a bit and basically they were saying it was suggested that maybe it's all white because mm. it's such a white culture mm. that maybe people of other ethnicities they wouldn't really want to go there pickleball golf right that, that it's are all, so white yeah it's a pretty white man thing but i would suggest this is like that where i hear all this and i think oh my god this sounds fantastic vodka gimlets everywhere <laughs> i love this yeah. and i even thought it was like oh my publix? god my parents publix my god biggest one in florida oh I thought, oh, even my parents would probably really like that. Mm. But I would hate the idea of them being there and them be sticking out like sore thumbs mm. and everyone looking at them. So, yeah, totally. So it's the same thing where it maybe does, quote, self-select, mm. but it's because you don't want to feel looked at. Yeah, and I, I don't think the villages, I might be wrong on this, but I don't think the villages is actively out there marketing itself to attract a different crowd. I think the villages right. is very happy attracting who they attract. And they're Americans that have money and they yeah. can, you know, you need money to move in there. Maybe this is a whole separate episode. I was Googling a little bit about how Americans fare in their old age here on benefits, right? Mm -hmm. And if you are born before 1960, you get your retirement benefits from 65. If you're born after 1960, the retirement age, they bumped it up. So it's 67. Mm -hmm. In New Zealand, the sort of informal retirement age is 65. Oh, it is. And you don't get a lot of money. This year, the average monthly retirement income from Social Security is $1,827. And monthly, it's not a lot well, it, de it depends on... It depends on what you, how long you've worked exactly, for. Exactly. But the average in America, if you are on Social Security, is 1800 a month. Got it. Which, thinking of what LA costs, I wouldn't want to be 65 in LA, well, probably yeah, but without the, a plan. The thought is... I should be it, saving. Exactly. Personally. You should have your own retirement. You should. And then that's extra. Completely. But I mean, going on how expensive it is and in the city, it's hard to save. For a lot of people, saving is hard. And if you haven't saved up, they say you need you know, over a million by the time you get to retirement to 65 to have like a good sort of easy life. That's so much money for people. And if you don't have that, then the idea of just getting 1800 a month, you've got to live pretty frugally. And it's the same in New Zealand. Like it's a struggle. Yeah. I think, you know, this is where, uh, wow, my Republican mm. sensibility will come in. I do believe if you can't 
afford mm. to live in LA, mm. there are other places in this country that you can live. I don't think like everyone- Well, this everyone, is a Republican line. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. everyone should have a right to live in- I don't believe that. Like, I think if you have- or you can live here and not save money. That's fine. Mm. But then you can't complain about living in the most expensive city and not saving money. You can live somewhere else and save money. You have to make choices in your life. Like, do I want to save money and live wherever, Georgia? Yeah. Or do I not want to and live in this city that's expensive? I mean- Yeah, I steamroll through with my like super lefty politics. And I'm like, I feel like I'm a person that can decide. If LA gets too expensive for me, I'm in a position where I can decide I can go back to New Zealand now and like mm-hmm. live there or whatever. But I think the trouble is in somewhere like Los Angeles, some people are here and don't have a choice. Like they're born to the situation and their family's here. They might be caring for a parent who can't look after themselves. They're kind of stuck in LA. They've got no money. They can't save. And you're kind of stuck in this in this loop. And I think we still need to figure out a way. And this is like socialism coming through. It's like trying to figure out a way to help those people. It's not as simple as being like, oh, it's too expensive. I'll move to Michigan or something because some people can't. Well, why can't they? They might be stuck looking after a family member. They might have responsibilities. They might not be able to afford to move. It's really expensive to like move to another city. That stuff can be so tough for some people. And so it's that tricky thing I think of. Some people can definitely decide. And it's like you decide to live in this stupidly expensive city. It becomes too hard, go somewhere else. But I don't think everyone can do that. Yeah, I guess I'm speaking more generally. I just feel for people, and it's the same in New Zealand. There's so many people in New Zealand in their old age who, for whatever reason, haven't managed to save. And they're scrimping on the tiniest amounts of money every week. And it's just, it can be really rough as an old person. Oh, if yeah, you, yeah. If you don't have savings, it's terrifying. It's oh, a really it scary is. age. And then it's the age where your body's failing mm-hmm. and you need more medical treatment. I guess what I'm saying is I just find old age so scary and the idea of not having a backstop is so freaky. Yeah, it is. It is. But everyone at the villages was having a really nice time. Wow. Pat was the guy that took me in and introduced me to Frank, his dad, and they were both the loveliest people. Very funny that his dad had a Trump sticker on. His son does not like Trump at all. And they sort of rib each other about that. When I am 80 in 40 years, I'll go back for a Villagers Part (laughs) 2 of Flightless Word. We'll both all be fucking old. Oh, my God. I wonder if we'll still be in this attic. That would be so funny. And we'll remember this conversation we had. (laughs) And we're like, we're so youthful then. We didn't know how good we had it. Yeah. We'll be here just wrecked, a little colostomy bag. Oh, it'll just be like, well, Rob will be farting over there in the corner. <laughs> His jokes will be even more lewd by that point. I can't oh, wait. Oh, man. So fun. Yeah. All right. Well, you definitely are more. That was very American. It was the most American place I've been. Wow. Yeah. Thank Love you, it. Monica. I'm becoming more American. Mm-hmm. 